The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 7th, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 70. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at The Star. It's going to be a good day today. We're going to have a big-picture look at the NFL. It's the midseason. Cowboys have finished half their games. And uh, we're going to give you guys an idea of what we think across the board, just looking at the team in a big-picture way. Uh, what we think about different players, different parts of the team, um, and hopefully set you guys up for uh, what will be an entertaining, I'm sure, second half of the season. How's everybody doing? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Just getting ready for tonight. Hmm? Just getting ready for tonight. Oh, I know. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> you're going to watch it live? Or you I don't know. Do it on no, not or? live, not live. He's talking you know, about that. You know, two years ago, no, what? a year and a half ago, Kent Garrison actually said, do you know they're coming out with a Ric Flair 30 for 30? And oh, I was like, yeah. no, they're not. He's like, yeah, they are. And they've been Woo! promoting the hell out of it. They have. Yeah. My God. I mean, when you do that one, you got to promote it because it's... It's almost like ESPN screaming, like, we, we we cover wrestling too. Like, you know, you don't have to watch Monday Night Raw. You can watch us. But but it's going to be awesome. The amazing part about it is that... People that have been watching wrestling for a long time, they're watching this thing because Ric Flair, I mean, like, that's wrestling. Yeah. When we were kids, definitely that was wrestling. You know, I have three of those little wrestling figures up on my desk, up in my office. He's one of them. Who are the other two? Uh, Sting, which, you know, he's a fan of the of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. show. Yeah. And then, of course, the all-time greatest, Randy Macho Man Savage. Be realistic for a minute. Am I cooking, huh? Let me take a look at this, huh? Is this what's happening in professional wrestling, huh? Very cocky. A lot of charisma. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Custom-made The longest drop roll of all time. But... Rolex, watch Can you tell Kent's excited? He's excited. <laughs> but he cannot be the most excited on our staff about this. I would think it has to be Rob, right? Probably. Rob's probably the biggest wrestling fan in our group, right? Rob's the biggest. No, he's one of the biggest wrestling fans I've ever met in my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, like not our group. I mean, yeah, you just be like in the, the world. world. Yeah. yeah, WrestleMania 19. He'd be like Toronto Triple H against the Rock, <laughs> loser leaves town match or something, whatever. Yeah. Five women just died. <laughs> yeah. Kent's all over Woo! this today. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's not get to back. Embarrass into- anyone? But does everyone know Ric Flair? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just curious. Never, I, like the <laughs> I never would have guessed that we would start this show off with, with Ric Flair. Pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah. But hey. Works. Hey, most pro wrestlers wrestling used stories. to be football players. So the talking actually do, yeah. talking actually had Sting on last year. What? Oh yeah. When he was here, he was on Talking Cowboys. Look that up. Yeah. <laughs> Look that up. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk some cowboys. Um we've got uh you look at the NFC East. Right now, Cowboys are sitting in second place. They are, at the moment, a wild-card team. you got the Philadelphia Eagles in first place at 8-1. and one. They'll have a bye this week. Cowboys are at 5-3. and three. We'll go to Atlanta. Washington at 4-4 four and four plays Minnesota. That'll be a tough game. Minnesota now at 6-2 and two, um, and leading their division. And then, of course, the Giants. They're 1-7, and seven, and they'll be facing the 0-9 San Francisco 49ers. That should be fun. That's must-see TV. <laughs> Somebody will be watching that, I'm sure. All right, so here's the interesting part, though. When you start looking at the wild-card race and some of the teams that are involved there, right now Carolina is the other wild-card team at 6-3. and three. 
But listen to these other teams that are kind of in that mix with the Cowboys and the and the uh, Panthers. You got Seattle at five and three, got Atlanta at four and four, uh, Washington and Arizona at four and four, Detroit at four and four, and Green Bay at four and four. And the best part about that for the Cowboys is there's only one team in that mix that has a head-to-head tiebreak over them, and it's the one that's going the opposite way, which is Green Bay at 4-4. Four and four. Um, The rest of these teams, either the Cowboys have already beaten them or the Cowboys play them at some point this season. So everything sits right in front of the Cowboys. Here's the question for you guys. Who scares you? You look around the NFC right now. Aaron Rodgers is obviously out of the mix. Who scares you in the NFC at this point? That second circuit court or something like that <laughs> up in New yeah. York. That's that's the scariest thing you got to face. Three judge, Seriously. three judge panel in New York is pretty scary. Yeah, that that right there, and I, I'm not trying to be funny. That's it's true. That is true. I mean, I because we feel like with Zeke, and they can they can compete with it. I mean, they can beat anyone handily, really. Um, they can compete with anyone for sure on any place, and 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 we know that this league now is is. And I said it to you the other day, it's it's becoming a sixty forty league for fans. So you got to go on the road and win, but you'll have fans there at home. You got to deal with it, you know. I mean, Dak's trying to like quiet the crowd, and like that only you know, down in that Chiefs end zone, like that didn't help, you know. So I'm just saying, this team has a chance to to win with Zeke, but with who scares you? I don't know. I'll let Dave answer that. Who who's who scares this team? Well, our listeners have let me know how much they don't appreciate how much I respect Aaron Rodgers, which so he. He's not an option. So if teams that have just like next level Hall of Fame caliber quarterback play are always gonna worry me. Like that's the great equalizer, which so Giants are one and seven, dude. I know that. <laughs> There's another team though. Just kidding. There's another team which honestly I don't Oh. I don't to this point believe that they're as good as that six game winning streak indicates, but uh the Saints are rolling and when they are that Superdome is a tough place to play. True. Is and he the only quarterback that's that's in the NFC that's kind of in the hunt right now that is better than Dak? Definitively, yes. Car- I mean, def- def- I mean, there are other guys you would say is oh, right there with this- Dak, and you can kind of Carson, Wentz. Reference. Carson right? Wentz is playing better than Dak because he's doing it. Their their success is a lot of because of him. Cowboys' success is a lot of him and Zeke. But this this goes back to the conversation we had two or three weeks ago, which. Breeze is probably the only guy in the NFC that is inarguably a better quarterback than Dak. I think Russell Wilson probably deserves. He's getting there. He deserves some credit there. And if you just want to talk resume, then you got to throw Eli in there. And but he's not in the mix. Anymore. Right? No. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's about as out of it as Rogers. Breeze, Breeze, and Russ, I think, are unless I'm just really forgetting. Somebody. Do you not want to put Cam in that? I mean, he's a guy that's taking his team to the Super Bowl. We had this conversation though. Like he's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. He is. He's, he can be. Cam. Who does? What is that from? It's a song. Oh, but who's who says it though? Is it Teddy Riley? The Dean. I think it's Teddy Riley. Okay. Is that what you? Oh, I'm, Matt. Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford are probably on that list too. Honestly, I mean, you're just talking yes. about playing the quarterback position, what they've done, and what they can do. Uh, you can say that they're better than Dak right now, but. I mean, Dak is trending that way, and I'm certainly I'm not willing to concede on the Dak Wentz argument anytime soon. I mean, that's going to be fascinating, but also annoying for like the next decade is qu- that debate. Quarterbacks, it's kind of funny when you when you have one that you really like. You might argue, okay, this guy's better, his resume's better, or he's playing better, and 
but you're not trading anyone for him. Like you wouldn't. There's no one that's, in the NFC exactly, that you would trade for Dak. Talking about for a game, a season, that, or a season. That's. I guess that's kind of my. I mean, the only thing, the only one that came to my mind was Stafford because I think he's in the prime of his career, and I think he is right now. Of all those guys you mentioned, I think he's probably. He's right up there with the way he plays and how much is heaped on him to be able to get his team to win. Yeah. I think he's up there with those those. Yeah, best you're players. right. I probably would trade for Stafford, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. For one? He, he, and yeah. I'm not saying I would. That just gave me pause. Like, that's the guy you're I right, think about. You're right. He about. does a lot with less. I mean, you know, he's like, oh, there's Abdullah back there fumbling the ball in my fantasy game away. And um, Actually, one last one. The guy that was, I was playing against was ahead of me. And then he fumbled. You talking about your fantasy game right now? I absolutely am. And it's awful radio. I don't care what you have to say about That's that. We talked Dick about your half marathon yesterday. I didn't we ask y'all to do Flair. that. I didn't ask y'all to do either of those. We talk things. about our lives, Dave. That's, we do talk about our lives. And fantasy football and, and fans Monday night can that. be. I don't think they do. They absolutely do. You know it's it's a big deal for the mud mad, hounds. The or, mad dogs. What hmm? is it? What? The mud hounds. What? What are y'all talking about? Your awful fantasy team. It's mad dogs, mad hounds, mad dogs. whatever they are. What is it? Mad hounds. <laughs> Excuse me. The mud hounds. The mud. The mad hounds. dogs. We were right there. We were close. The winningest team in all. The, Fake the football. History. That's how's awesome. your fantasy team doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's her thing this morning. It's just gonna the be response psh. of the day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> she played last year. Yeah, last year uh, it's too stressful. Yeah, it's because we did an auction league. I'll never do that again. That's ever. That sucked. Ever. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. I want to because it's uh, the midway point of the season. I have some questions for you guys. We're gonna do like a midseason recap, and uh, these questions again are gonna be big picture questions about this team. And I want each of you guys. We're gonna go around the table. You guys each give me an answer. Uh, feel free. I'm gonna give you options, but feel free to throw in another option if you choose. Uh, if you think there's a better option out there that I missed. All right. So we're gonna start with the first question. Defensive player who has had the biggest impact. Demarcus Lawrence, Sean Lee, or David Irving? You want me to say Demarcus Lawrence? No, I don't. The answer. The answer is Sean. Sean there Lee. you go. Yeah. The answer is Sean Lee, which it, is well, crazy. On, on this side of the table. Yeah, Amber. What do you think? You agree with that? Well, I think Sean Lee. Yeah, you. It's been super noticeable the impact that he can make in this defense, especially you know when he's not there. You see how much that affects the team. But at the same time, I would say Demarcus Lawrence. He came. This season, he came in doing so well that I think it just feeds off everyone else on the line, and it helps everyone, everyone you know, play better. You and make, I think he was a great impact. Uh, he's been great as well. You know? No doubt about it. You can that. make an impact for all three because yeah. David Irving, th- this defense is now taking it to the next level since he's gotten here. He's got, what, f- six sacks in? In, what, three, four games? It's four, four games. games. Yeah. He's so, on pace for, like, 18 or something like that. I mean, it's... That's amazing. amazing. And, and then, you know, DeMarcus is done, and he's, I don't think he's leading the league anymore in sacks, but, I mean, he's right only, there. He's only half off. Yeah, he's, he's right there. He's played outstanding. Can't believe he couldn't get eight straight to start the season. <laughs> At his first game with no sacks came after Halloween. Like, that just – it's remarkable when you put it in that perspective. But – I really am at the point they they would have won at least one of those games Rams or Packers they would have won at least one if Sean Lee had been on the field I really do believe I that I definitely agree with yeah. that I really do I mean just probably probably the Rams game probably the Rams but one way or the other I I really think that would have made I mean you're talking about razor thin margin of error like 
if he makes three plays. I mean, he sniffs out a screen to Kareem Hunt that might have gone for a 70-yard touchdown, and he had at least one tackle for loss on Tyreek Hill, too, on one of those carries. I mean, those plays make differences. Aaron, That's the difference between Todd Gurley splitting the defense yeah. and going 53 yards for a touchdown. Aaron Jones, is that his name? Aaron for the, Jones, For the yeah. Packers, I just don't see 115 yards out of him with Sean Lee out there. I mean, yeah. I just don't. I, I just think... He he'll stop the drives earlier. They'll sniff that stuff out, and but yeah. So to me, the answer is is Sean Lee. But those other two guys are really good. It really illuminates how much injuries just matter so much. Just one guy. Because even think about this: like you take you take right now, Aaron Rodgers obviously out. That team would have been right up there at the top of the NFC, in my opinion. And right now, they are going the other way. And they're it, the way they look last night. It's hard for me to fathom them even making the playoffs. There, I'm I'm stealing I'm stealing this line from RJ Ochoa, who's one of the you know Cowboys. He covers the Cowboys. Uh, he does a really good job of it for whatever that's worth. But he, the the 2017 Packers are the 2015 Cowboys. Like just watching that team last, just trying to make it work with less than great quarterback play. You've got some playmakers on defense who are trying to make it work, but I mean, it's not like they got their doors blown off in that game last night, but you just got to have quarterback play in this league. You have to. Yep. All right. Next question. Who was or will be missed more David Irving during the first four games of the season or Brian price during the rest of the season? I think it I think Brian Price has been playing well and they are thin at one tech and you know depending on what they do here that could be something that matters but I'm not I'm not ready to give him that kind of status just yet to where you know I don't know that it's going to drastically change what the defense looks like without him. Have they signed Nick Hayden yet? <laughs> Is Nick Hayden still around? Is he available? I I do wonder about that he's though. Around. I mean logic I don't know if he's around. I don't know. Logic says you would sign Lewis Neal. Because you, he's not a one tech. I know that's, but you carried him on your practice squad. You liked him enough to keep him around. You almost put him on your fifty-three, and the, these guys always tend to favor their guys more than somebody else's guy. But he really doesn't fit what they need, right? Right, there. and that's so. exactly why I asked this question the way that I did. I think conventional wisdom would say it's David Irving, but I think when you look at the way this team is constructed and you look at what they have on their practice squad, Brian Price really was their big body. Yeah. They don't have other big bodies. I actually Well, they have Ash I, now. Yeah, but I, I don't think he's the same. Like I don't I don't see him as like you look at Brian Price, he is just a I mean, he's a just a massive dude. Trash right? can full of dirt. Yeah, and, and they don't have it doesn't seem like even Ash, I don't think is that kind of guy. Like he's not that big. And and I just I was actually hoping before this game, I was saying I really wanted them to do more with keeping Brian Price in there and rotating Malik Collins at three technique with David Irving because I thought you would get more out of Malik Collins, you know. But I think right now I just I don't like what they have left at at the one technique. I don't think they have a guy that really is just a you know basically suck up two blockers and consistently be able to hold the point of attack like that. Well, let me throw this out. Let me rephrase what I was trying to say. It's Tuesday morning, and we haven't heard anything about workouts, which. We probably would have if that was going Normally. to happen. Yeah, like Tuesday's the off day. They get into practice tomorrow. This would be the day that they'd be working guys out if they were planning on signing somebody from outside. And maybe they will, but typically we hear about those types of things late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, and I haven't heard anything. Have no, you? I haven't heard anything about a workout, but don't forget that they have worked out guys on a regular basis, and 
you know, I'm sure they're keeping track on these, you know, defensive tackle or if if there was one in the last few weeks, like, okay, this guy's good or not. I just wonder, I, and again, I could be wrong. Maybe they'll work a guy out. Maybe they'll just bring a guy in. But you've got Irving who can play tackle. You've got Tyrone who can move inside. You've still got Malik and Ash there. You could call up Neil, and I'll say it for the millionth time, even though they don't want to do it. You could also play Taco at tackle if you wanted to. So they got the options. They don't have that big body. I yeah. agree with you, but. We'll Practice see. squad. We'll, well see they'll keep use. they'll keep having uh, the assumption will be they'll keep Malik at one technique. He'll right. still be your one technique. Ash will be a guy that rotates there with him at one technique. Right. And then you can and Neil probably's gonna if he gets there's moved 31, up, your three technique. There's thirty one teams out there with a practice squad of ten guys. I guarantee there's a big body out there. I would take him. Just <laughs> just get just him. go grab a big body. Yeah, and he's gotta be on your roster for three weeks, but that's okay because Brian Price is gonna be you know, on IR. Yeah. I'd be interested. To, I mean, Malik's been playing one and Ash can play one. Maybe call up, call up my guy, the LSU guy and see if he see can rush happens. the pass. I mean, I mean, bit. Jay Ratliff was an undersized guy too. And I mean, I'm not to sound, you know, like Lou Holtz here, but I'm just saying, you know, you can't underestimate a guy's heart. I mean, he, this guy's here. You he got it this far. And I know that you can just see him in the locker room talking. This is talking about Lewis Neal. He, he's chomping at the bit to get out there. I don't. I mean, I, I, who's to say that he won't do something? Yeah. And I get well. And I guess my point is, you don't have to call him up to play one, yeah, just because that's where the injury was. You can play him at three right. and have some other guys. Just kind of massage one. it a little bit, but he he can do something. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we'll continue this game. We want to talk about the best win, the worst loss, best rookie, most disappointing rookie, and of course who's been the MVP. We'll do all that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back 
to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are going through our midseason review, and I'm asking these guys questions about the team. Let's get to the questions. We got uh, The next question is, which was the best win? Win at Washington, where they won 33-19 in Week 8, or the Week 9 victory against Kansas City, where they won 28-17? That's, those, those are the only options? You feel free to throw in others if you like. No, it's, I mean, it, the Chiefs. The best Chiefs game. Win. It's It's got to be the Chiefs. You think? I think it was the best game they played as a team, offense, defense, and special teams. I think it was the best team they've beaten to this point. The only one with a record above 500 right now, if I recall correctly. Arizona. Arizona's 4-4. Four and four. Arizona and Washington are both four 500. Four. Yeah. Um, Best team they play, best performance, just all. I mean, they dominated a team that I expect to be in the playoffs. So that's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It's the most impressive win. It's probably not the most important, but it is the most impressive win. I, but I, I, I'll, I'll switch it up, but I'll, I'll say that the one two weeks ago was, was a better win. Um, not not from a surprising standpoint, because obviously we picked the Chiefs to win the game, and I am surprised. But, but at the end of the day, beating the Redskins – it was probably a better win because uh, not only is it a division win, it's a conference win. You lose to the Chiefs, it doesn't really affect you as much other than one loss record. So uh, I'll just, I guess, just be different. I mean, I mean, more impressed with the Chiefs win, but that one going there, winning in the rain like that, doing it the way they did, the defense shutting them down like that, playing, limiting their mistakes in that monsoon, and and, and getting that win, getting a defensive touchdown, getting Byron Jones to make a play, that's a big win. <laughs> and the most important part about that is they went on the road to get right. that win. That means they still got to play Washington, but they get them at home for the second game. Amber, which way do you go? They were both great, but I would have to say against the Chiefs. I thought they would have a good battle against the Redskins, and but I, I still had in mind that they would be able to beat them. So I'll just go with the Chiefs because I definitely didn't expect that outcome. Okay, here's a little tougher question. Which was the worst loss? At Denver, where they lost 42-17 to in Week 2. Um, playing versus the Rams, where they won thirty-five. I mean, they lost thirty-five to thirty in Week Four, or playing Green Bay, where they lost thirty-five thirty-one in Week Five. You want me to say Denver? Rams. I do not want you to say Rams. Denver. It's the Rams. Or I, I mean, you can throw Green Bay in there too, because he just well, you have to. They were them. all painful, it's but <laughs> it has to be the Rams. They they lost because of themselves, and yeah. when you lose because of that. Then that just so are you guys not buying into the Rams? Because it, it does. I get the impression listening to you guys talk about the Rams game not at all. that it was one of those things where the Cowboys I, kind I, of should have won. I don't game. care anything about what the Rams have done after that. I'm just talking about the 60 minutes that we okay. watched. They were a better football team. They shouldn't have lost that game. They're, they really the Cowboys were a better football. Team. Cowboys were better. They shouldn't have lost. They made a mistake there. They they let they, here's here's the difference of how they've grown. They let a, a, a horrible mistake just kind of changed the whole game and they couldn't recover from it. I'm talking about Switzer's fumble. This time against the Chiefs, hor- uh, worst mistake, they were able to overcome that and not let it snowball. So they, there's some signs of growth there, but I think there, there's really no excuse for I mean, not an excuse. The Rams are playing well. They're better than we thought, but they they should have won that particular game, in my opinion. It's got Yeah, it's got nothing to do with whether or not the Rams are for real. It's got everything to do with holding an 11-point lead at home against – I mean, going back to that conversation, like is Jared Goff that Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback that you just kind of have to tip your cap? I don't think so, at least not yet. 
Uh, they're a talented team, obviously. They're they're in the they're front running to to maybe even get a bye in the playoffs. But you got a team down by multiple possessions at home. You need to win that. I mean, going to Denver, one of the toughest home field advantages in football, playing against that defense on a rainy day. Okay, stuff happens. You lose to Aaron Rodgers with a minute to go. Okay, he's a Hall of Famer. But the Rams, that's even if they win the Super Bowl this year, I still won't think that'll be you know a justifiable loss. And and I'll say this too, I, I would like now Aaron Donald is going to be a beast regardless, but I would like to see Jonathan Cooper now against him. Um, think it's going to be different. Yeah, I think Jonathan Cooper's playing much better. I think the offensive line is is more a cohesive unit. And I think I think you would see a better showing there than than you saw there. They still scored thirty points, but I think they they would be better there. I mean, Sean Lee there. I, all, all I know is is they could have to might have to play at the Superdome, might have to play at all these you know Seattle. They have to go to play at the Coliseum against the Rams in the playoffs. Like okay, okay, that that's fine. Weather will be great. It'll be half Cowboy fans there. That would be of all the destinations they could have yeah. in the playoffs. That sounds like the most attractive. Yeah, I would. not and that it's not disrespect toward the Rams. No, it's just, just that as everything he just said, as opposed to Minnesota's loud as hell. Oh man, Saints <laughs> are loud as hell and have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they're, I mean, I know that Cowboys fans travel and it's close, but Superdome nah. for a playoff game. No. Are there outdoor stadiums left in the NFC that are at the top? Like Philly Seattle. is the only one. Seattle, Philly. Seattle, Philly. Yeah. Because I'm thinking this is the team. What what I love about the Cowboys is what they did against Washington, where I think this team, better than any of those teams we're mentioning, has the ability to go into inclement weather and really be able to play well, much better than their opponent can. And I just don't know if you're going to have a lot of those opportunities Man, in can this you postseason. About, I don't remember exactly what we were just talking about, but it was something about home field advantage and whatnot. I like this team on the road way better than I like yeah. them at home, just for whatever that's worth. Even though you mumbled it, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Just, well, you always have to, to talk to like this. This. Whenever, It's like an aside. Like, I don't whenever I, whenever I feel like I'm saying something that might not be popular with management <laughs> and ownership. You think you have a career as you a – You think a, you say lower into the microphone. Yeah, they won't hear it. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay. Right, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Eventually, you think you can have that oh. – no, I don't think I When do. the Cowboys are playing at home, they're not as good. But when they're on the road, they're pretty good. They're happy. a lot better on the road than they are at home, in my opinion. I like it. All right, next question. Who's been the best rookie? Because of the sun. Jordan Lewis or Xavier Woods? Xavier Woods. Xavier whatever. Xavier, Xavier, whatever. Go. I, I noticed that you say that, but at the basketball team that wins games is Xavier. Xavier. The word is Xavier. That's how you should pronounce it. But Xavier Woods pronounces it Xavier, and it's his name. So I'm going to, I mean, okay. is that technically the correct way to pronounce the word? Probably not, but that's what he wants. So, okay, feel him. free. Yeah. Wow. Xavier. So gonna, okay, there you go. Who's been, who's been better? No. No, no. <laughs> what, that was the question. The question was best rookie. Best who's rookie. been the best rookie? I like Jordan Lewis. I'd say Jordan. Even I mean, I'm a big fan of I think Lewis. we're forgetting someone. Kent? No. Who? No. <laughs> Who? We're Don't forgetting they're it. one of the rookies. Don't do He's it. He's coming up in the Not next. Go. He'll be in the next question. <laughs> okay. So let's just stick with this. Who's question. the best rookies? A X A Xavier Woods, Woods or Jordan, Jordan Lewis. Lewis? Big fan Lewis. of Xavier Woods. Lewis. Jordan Lewis got no training camp, no preseason. Came in on a moment's notice in week two, and. He's probably not going to make the Pro Bowl, but he has been solid. He has been really good. I I mean, I can't think. I know he got beat by Josh Doxson pretty bad in D.C., on a but a dropped pass. It didn't wind up coming back to bite him. 
I can't think of a lot of other plays where he's been like noticeably beaten up. And at this point in his career, I've, did you say the touchdown? Which one? Oh, oh, Green Bay. Adams. Yeah, but again, I mean, I, but again, when you see those kind of plays, I don't that worry play, about that. That play doesn't that. bother me. Yeah, he, yeah not bother me. I, not at all. I don't think of that as like, oh, this rookie. Yeah, I just, that play does not bother Aaron me. Aaron Rodgers. They should have run the it ball was on second down. Perfectly placed ball, a great catch, and he had good coverage. That that happens. That's the NFL. He shouldn't know? have been in that position in the first place. And he broke up the first one. I mean, like you, that's no. a fifty-fifty kind of situation. He got fifty percent. I mean, I, I for a guy that didn't have a training camp, I don't know how you could want more from a third-round pick who's starting in his rookie season. Yeah, he's been he's been good. So. Jordan, 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 everybody? Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, most disappointing rookie. Um, oh. Taco Charlton, oh. Ryan Switzer, or Chidobe Awuzie? I'm going to cop right out of this and just say Cheeto because he he's not playing. He, and, I mean, it's not his fault, but he, he, has, he hasn't played since Green Bay, and he's only played in three out of eight games. Cowboys are optimistic he might finally start practicing this week. Maybe he can play against uh, Atlanta, but he just, I mean, he was a top 60 pick. He's the guy, He, I mean, he was. you thought he would, you know, have a prominent role in this defense right away, and it just and hasn't happened can, for him. This is a good one. You can make a case for all of them. Yeah, you can. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Feel free to do talk. So. <laughs> I'm going to go. Switzer hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything positive for the Cowboys he's a, he's affected games but he hasn't really affected them in the right way and, and let me clarify the question when I'm saying disappointment disappointing he, disappointing has a lot to do with expectations right, so with that being said pick. who is who's been the most Although, you know, like when we when training camp started even the rookie minicamp there was so much hype around Ryan Switzer that you expected it to turn out pretty good you know once he got yeah. out there on the field now on tackle, speaking of tackle, I would give him the advantage of just being like, okay, the position, it takes a well, while to learn. And To the point she's trying to make, the day one talk on taco was, this is going to take some time. He's yes. raw. He's Project. probably not going to do that much. The day one talk on Switzer was like Dunbar, punt returner. Going to the house seven times, like all that. I mean, he so, was the leading returner yeah. in college football last I get, year. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with a lot of different voices today. I mean, that, this is like we movie from the trailer. mumble to the red. This is uh, movie trailer in, <laughs> in Dunbar a, in a world where Lance Dunbar is a Los Angeles ram. <laughs> the Cowboys needed a new punt returner. His name, Ryan Switzer, is Switzer, the newest guy. <laughs> oh, oh hey. there you go. So nice. I'm. I get what Amber. I mean. There was a lot of hype on Ryan Switzer, and and not much of it has materialized to this point. But he is also a fourth round pick. At and the end of the day. let's not forget he he missed what two or three weeks, considerable yeah. he, time, he missed, significant he missed, time. He missed a good <laughs> chunk of training camp. No, no, I don't want to cl- clarify those words. I'm just saying it was it was a good amount. Yeah. I mean, for me, the the thing about Switzer is my expectation was that I didn't expect much from the receiver him at receiver. I did expect him to immediately come in and give something with punt returns. And not only has he not really been the guy I expected there, he's actually made mistakes there that I thought were a little bit and seemingly uncharacteristic of a guy who is who is so proficient at returning punts. And quietly benched. Quietly, yeah. He was benched. I mean, his job is to be the punt returner, and that's really what he does. And they're saying that when it gets down to the 10-yard line, they're going to put a guy – that's that doesn't practice as much as him that had a concussion the week before and he's going to make him the safe punt returner that's a problem 
So, I, I mean, I, they're basically saying that when it comes to making decisions down there, that Beasley is better than Switzer. He probably just doesn't do it all the time because Beasley actually runs routes and play. You know, I mean, and, and it's more of a part of the offense. Switzer's out there, but he doesn't do it as much. So, I still I, – I, I, I agree with everything y'all just said. Um, but Cheeto not playing. I mean, yeah. Cheeto was supposed to be one of the four or five – like I mean, he was going to be a real member of this secondary, and it just hasn't happened for him. You know what? what, what That's the epitome of disappointing. But, but you're comparing yeah. um, injuries versus performance. No, sure. But so, I mean, he just he just but hasn't, you're disappointed that you haven't. Yeah. seen him. he hasn't made an impact on this season whatsoever. Which again, I mean, yeah, I'm not. It's not his fault. It's just a statement of fact. And one of the things that I think that disappoints me there it, with Cheeto specifically is that he actually was out there during training camp more than Jordan Lewis. And so if you would have told me, okay, by midseason, one of these players will still be battling a hamstring injury and right. the other will be out there playing and playing pretty well, yeah. it would not. It would have been the flip. And I probably would have been a little less disappointed that Jordan Lewis wasn't doing it because he was battling this hamstring thing going back that far. Right. It just kind of flipped. I, I have never been really down on Taco. I really haven't. I, me either. I, I, because I'm, of expectations, I'm right? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it with him. I'm in, I'm in a weird place. I, th- I said it a couple weeks ago where – like I said, the expectations were never high. He was always going to be a project. I think it, it's fair to expect a little bit more. Like when you're talking about your first-round pick getting seven snaps a game and not showing up on the stat sheet, that's problematic. But if he – I think since he started playing a bigger role since DeMontre Moore was released, I mean, he's got a sack. He's He had some pressures in yeah. San Francisco. His performance since the bye week has been on par with about yeah. what I wanted. And- and but it, the first five weeks, I would say not so much. And it helps that you've got the guy leading the league or, or right up there in sacks and Crawford yeah. on the other side. If Benson Mayowa was have you know had one sack and was ahead of him and Ebenezer Ekubon was ahead of him, then <laughs> that's one thing. And I was just about to ask you that question. Is the success of the defensive line the reason why you're not so – A little. Because you, you feel like, hey, Taco has time because these other guys are playing so well. If they were getting very little pressure and very few sacks – I think there'd probably be a lot more pressure. Like, why and, is this rookie that's a first-round pick not doing more? And I, I say that there's a – I don't know what category he would go in, but a rookie to be somewhat excited about, and I, I know you don't have to say sell this to Dave, but Noah Brown, from from a standpoint of he, you know, he, he's a young guy, does his job. He's a, he's already got that NFL body. He's gonna he's gonna kind of keep getting better. Uh, and improving, and I think that when you're talking about free agency and next year and all that and decisions that they've got to make, I think they're going to be really happy with Noah Brown and, and getting the playing time that he's getting right now. I mean, I know he was inactive this last week, but they, they try to get him active. I mean, if, 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 if they have a chance, they make him active. And he has a little bit of a role, like going in there and blocking. He'll be okay. This may be a really tough question to ask, but I'm going to ask you guys anyway. Is his upside as good as, say, an undrafted guy like a Miles Austin? Is, does he have that kind of potential? Or is he just one of those guys that his ceiling is kind of he can be a, oh. you know, he can be a 30-catch-a-year type guy that really blocks well and makes a few big catches for you here and there? Like, what is his upside? What What do you think is the max for, for where he can go? I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to cop out, but I don't even know how you answer that. Well— I think his- Miles Austin though is was a phenomenal athlete. Like now, he, it took him a while. You know, he had to run a lot of 
you know, routes in the backyard to really get to the point where, where he is. But, but, you know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I had to go out to the house and run some routes. It's true. I wish we had, uh, Mr. Garrett on to talk a little bit about that. That'd be nice. <laughs> He's watching tape, but, um, <laughs> it's, no, I, I, I think that it, it's hard to compare that to, to miles because miles, it took him a lot while he didn't, he just kind of blew up there in Kansas city that day. And that was, That'll and, still and I don't, go down. Uh, did you see that coming? No, like, that, that to me will go down as one of the top five games of all time. No, did you see uh, Miles, Miles Austin, Austin coming? Like, no. The years before no. that, did you see anything in him that said, man, I think this guy really has no. something. If he can ever get over no. this. The week before that, I was like, this guy, get him out of here. The week before. he It was Denver, I guess. He didn't play well. It's like, what are they still doing with this guy? And then he had to start a game, and then he just had 250, and I looked dumb. We've been, and then he was off and running. After he was off and running for yeah. two or three like, years, literally. Yeah. We've been, I mean, we've been saying that since the draft, really. And it's a good comparison, though. It's well, the com- well, he has that body, right? He's he's got he's baby Des. That's what I'm trying to say. I, and it's ridiculous for me to say that his ceiling is 89 catches, 1100 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Which for three or four years there, that's what Des was reeling off. But he's that type of receiver. Like he's. He's not the 80-yard Antonio Brown guy. He's yeah. the red zone mismatch. And we saw him make some plays like that in training camp. We saw him make some plays like that in uh, in the preseason where I think it was the Rams where he just shook off a bunch of tacklers, probably would have gone to the house if he hadn't just f- had a case of the whoopsies. Just fumbled. Yeah, just <laughs> randomly fumbled it. But he is a big body. Like, he can box defensive backs out. He can go up and high point the ball. He's a good blocker. Like, I think he could be a receiver in that Des mold. Whether he'll ever reach all pro status, who the hell knows. But he has that type of potential to be that type of player. We'll take our final break and come back. We'll talk about who has been the MVP uh, for this team during the first half of the season. I got two offensive guys for you, and I got two defensive guys. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. 
Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Oh, let's find a good one here. All right. Tommy John gives you... Tommy John gives you the feeling of freedom where it counts. It's got a contour pouch that nestles the boys. What boys are we talking about here? With over 3 million pairs sold, we've put in the hustle to make sure you're nestled. This one is probably the worst read that Tommy John has, (laughs) but you can still shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Live read seven has to go. (laughs) <laughs> I really don't like referring to them as the boys. I don't like that. No? No. It didn't work? No. You call them. Weed and boys? <laughs> Weed and boys. Weed and boys. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, nuts. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so um, let's get back to the uh, the game here, the midseason review. Here's our final question of the game. Uh, it is the question of who has been the MVP for the Cowboys during the first half of the season. Here are your candidates. Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence, and Sean Lee. Try to think about this and don't take the obvious answer. Well, I would go with Dak. He's the most valuable player. Um, I mean, I was talking about this earlier this morning. Aaron Rodgers is the NFL's MVP. There's no doubt about it. You can't see what's going on here. He is the MVP. As we saw with, with Manning years ago when yeah. his team just fell apart. But they don't, yeah. they don't, that's not what they want to give it to. It's like who's having the best year. I get it. But so thinking about that from that standpoint, though, MVP, most yeah. valuable player. Man. Who's provided the most for this team in the first half of the season? Well, season? that's a different question. Though. Is it? Because if you're talking about who's been most valuable, then it's probably the guy that. If he's provided the most, yeah, take I him mean, away, and you probably don't win the five games you've won. I would right? say I, I'm going with Dak just based on the circumstances, like the things he's been able to do given the scenario that he's been put in. That's the only reason. I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't call it MVP necessarily, but. But but you know what? You, you make a good point, and the Cowboys are lucky that they haven't had to see that. Because when you talk about drop-off, from Morris, I mean, from uh, Zeke to Morris, we haven't seen it yet, but you know, I, I think they could they could manage it, and I think that they'll be able to manage it. You know, with Sean Lee, they they really couldn't manage it, but Cooper Rush is one play away, so I think actually the answer <laughs> is Dak. I I want to say Zeke, and my logic here is like, okay, well, Zeke can be the first half MVP, and Dak is about to have a chance to make his case, probably. If Zeke is suspended and the Cowboys keep rolling, then Dak is going to get all of the credit in the world and justifiably he'll, so. He'll win the MVP. He could. In the league. If he keeps playing this way without Zeke and gets the Cowboys into the playoffs, yeah. he, if he's not in consideration, that's a travesty. That's true. I want to say Zeke in the first half, but I don't think I even believe that because I'm sitting here. All right, they've won five games, and every single one when Zeke had a good game – it also was dependent on Dak playing pretty damn well. And I'm even thinking, you know, Arizona, did, did they win that game because of Zeke? Or was, oh. was it Dak? It was Dak. Bryce. Well, Bryce too, but somebody had to throw those passes. Exactly. Those, yeah. Uh, but, but how much does, how much does, I know what you're saying and I agree with it, but just to, to, to play devil's advocate here, how much of that is though dependent on the fact that the defense, the opposing defense really creates, their opportunities created because of Zeke being in the backfield? 
Yeah, but re remember how the off Cowboys offensive line was struggling. Even with those struggles, we've seen Dak being able to still keep the game going and get away and run and make the right moves that he should be making in order to keep the offense going. So that's why I'm saying, like, in that case, because, again, Zeke, you expect him to be great. You expect him that he goes up against the wall and he's going to get those extra yards. And he he's great. Little yards, but they all add up at the end of the day. Again, Dak, we talk about his – sophomore year let's call it that way whether he was gonna have a slump is that what you guys call it mm -hmm. slump yes. or not and he hasn't he's been great given the what has been happening to this team so far yeah it's they really do go hand in hand and i get what you're saying and i i say it all the time like the, my analogy is that like zeke is the engine of the car he i mean everything runs through him he's the horsepower but you still need a driver to drive the car and have it make the right decisions and go in the right places. And Dak has been so amazing at that. And this is such a quarterback dependent league. I'm just always inclined to give the nod toward the quarterback. If you just had to right now, you have to give a six game suspension to one of them. Who are you giving it to? There you go. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, go. it's a no question. Who All you right. Give it to. But, but, but I also, it, but, but, but wait, but let's take it back one step. We started this conversation talking about Sean Lee and how important he was to this defense. Does this thing continue to go well if he's not a part well, of give, it? You give your suspension to him then. You got to give one out to somebody. I know it's not you. It's not me. You got to give your suspension out to somebody. I mean, and that maybe that's not fair because the Cowboys have padded this running back position with a couple of really good players, In and they, and they yeah. have, and they haven't done that at quarterback, obviously. So you know that might be the drop off, but you know. We could be one groin injury away from having a different person in here if Chaz Green can't block on True. on Sunday. Good point. If Tyron Smith is out, so might we might have some complete different answer there. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. I, no, I was just gonna say I do think that there needs to be a little bit more thought though given to Sean Lee, just because yeah. I do believe I don't know that they win that game against Kansas City. You guys just said they probably win the games against maybe Green Bay or the Rams, if they have him out there, I don't think they necessarily win against Kansas City. I don't think they stopped that offense the way they did without Sean Lee. Everything you said is true, but this is a this is a middling team without Sean Lee, but their offense is still good enough to give them an edge in a solid chunk of their games. Until they face better offenses. This, yeah, this team is hopelessly lost without like th they're only as good as their offense is going to be. That's all that it's that Point. that's just that's it. That's the bottom line. And so you go, I'm always going to give deference to yeah. the and, and we're talking about something we haven't seen, thankfully. We haven't seen Dak be uh, you know, out of the game. Um, so. But I will say, in a weird way, this sounds counterintuitive and bad, and I get that. Like, I'm kind of intrigued to see what this will look like if Zeke isn't there. I would prefer to not have to deal with that. But I'm with, you. with that, like, that's just something that's on the docket, and we all think there's a pretty good chance he's going to be going away. Let's talk so about So with that in mind... I'm kind of intrigued to see, you know, put even more on Dak's shoulders. I want to see what it looks like. I wish I could see it without accounting. Yeah. Yeah, that would let's, be nice. Let's just run out there and run it through, and then afterwards the game doesn't make Well, you know, this, uh, this past game against the Chiefs, I was thinking, and why aren't they running the ball more? I would expect them to have tried to run the ball more. But then I was really happy they didn't because we got a chance to see what it would be like with Dak kind of – having the receivers more involved and they were able to do so with having Zeke kind of like uh, as a cushion in the back and as a support. Now 
maybe with Zeke away, they're able to still keep that going. What? No, I was going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question that. Go ahead. No, do you think that that was because the game plan, does that represent the game plan before they knew about Zeke, that they were going to say, hey, we're going in and we're going to put this more on Dak than we will on the running game, and they just didn't change it once Zeke was back? It probably did, and we talked about that before going into the, like that? Didn't the he, game. Didn't he? <laughs> Putting on the face. I'm just like y'all are making it sound like Zeke had ten carries. No, but they they threw the ball more than they ran the ball this game. It was thirty three to thirty one. So Zeke carried the ball twenty seven times. I understand that. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying when you talk about the the disparity of running versus passing, usually in most games the Cowboys are a run heavy team. They were not a run heavy team this week. I I get what you're saying, but I don't. I mean Zeke. Zeke carried the ball 27 times. Like he was still, I, I didn't, I, it's, it's, it's okay. It's 52, 48. Like, yeah, that's outside of their, that's outside of their tendency, but it's not so weird that it's like this crazy. No, no, no. But, but I do think just that one play in the the second drive when it was third and one, or it was maybe the first drive of the game. It was third and one. And he just goes back to throw it. And it was like, why aren't we giving the ball to Zeke here. Like, right. I mean, that play I remember, but right. I don't remember a lot others of like, why aren't they running it? But the, the, when we talked about yesterday, both those two touchdown drives, that they, the first two touchdown drives, they had six passes to one run. Now, of course, the last one, that was in a one minute 50, mm-hmm. one minute 30-something seconds left in the, in the half. So, of course, they're going to be throwing more than they're going to be running. But that first one, that happened earlier in the game. There was not a time situation and they threw the ball six times and ran it once like that's not typical of the Cowboys offense and that's my point is there were moments in that game that didn't seem typical and it does make me wonder I know what you're saying yes they ran Zeke a, a ton of times and that more importantly like they didn't pull him out which they usually do right at, especially in that third series of the game they did not do that but all that being said I do think there was a difference in how they call that game than they typically call games in my opinion I think May, you might be right. I can't say that you're definitively wrong, but it's not enough to where I'm convinced. I think Garrett would probably say something like, well, each game is different, and the situation... But you've already told us that process. he will say things that you don't necessarily believe. Every so. day. Every so day. that really doesn't matter. I, but I, I don't know. I would, I don't, that's not a, enough of a discrepancy that I'm jumping onto this thought process. So let me ask that question, and I'll just ask you the question. In this coming week, let's assume for a second we get to the weekend and Zeke is not available to the Cowboys. Do you expect this to be a, a team where they become now more dependent on the pass than the run? Uh, no. No. I th- Honestly, I okay, you're right. I don't always believe everything Jason Garrett says, but I do believe him when he says that they're not going to change a whole lot about what they do just because Zeke's not there until it is proven that they have to. Yeah. Like, they're going to make these teams prove that Rod Smith, Alfred Morris, and Darren McFadden can't hurt them before that they just drastically like, all right, we're it's 2012. In that order? Dak's throwing 60 times. No, not in that <laughs> order. But, Maybe. I mean, it'll it, it'll come down to who's who's doing the best in the you know the second half. It, maybe it is Rod Smith. Alfred Morris looked like he really wanted to keep running after that one. Yeah, he had he he just took that linebacker. Like, let's we're going, we're we're getting a first down. Neither you, you can grab me all you want, but we're going to get eleven yards. I don't really care what you do. Like, he he looked that looked like a Zeke type of run. I'm so fascinated. Like all three of those guys. Like you know you know they love their teammate. You know that they want what's best for the team, but like they want to play and I, and like. I'm not saying they're like mad at Zeke or but mad at the situation, but like that's got to be tough on them too. That like you know you you think you're getting your chance. You're like it's like 
And this offensive line, it's like you're trying to get into a Cadillac, and they're like, wait a second, hang on, we're not done with the paperwork yet. Like, they <laughs> want to run behind this line just as much as anybody else Yeah, does. poor McFadden, he thought he was going to get a Seriously. game where he actually could play football, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, nah, you're going to be inactive again. I think <laughs> if they get a chance to to do their stuff, I'm not saying they're going to you know, redefine the running back position, but I think they're, like, pissed off and, and want to show people that they, they're talented, too. I'll say this, after watching last game, I feel a little bit more, I guess, less worried to see the Cowboys play without Zeke, like what they can possibly do without having him. I'm I'm feeling a little more confident about this team with, you know, doing it, his apps. Because it was all a balance. So little, and, and let me go yeah. back to this thing I wanted to talk about, right. actually. Uh-oh. What I t- <laughs> Uh-oh. And yeah. another thing with yeah, Amber yeah. Garcia. <laughs> No, I guess That's defensive sometimes, title. but I, I don't know exactly how I worded it yesterday, but I started getting some messages from people, oh, I'm so negative, and do you even watch the games? Yes, I watch every single game. I'm at every single game. Yes. My point yesterday was I don't think the Cowboys' offense suck at all. They've been – what. It's fair to say average, averaging, what, like 30 points mm-hmm. a game or so, something like that. But they've been very, very good at scoring points. They've been good at the running game. Again, my point yesterday was saying that it was, to me at least, the first time I saw them be successful, as successful, successful mm-hmm. at the passing game as they were. Compared to every other game that we've seen, yes, they've thrown the ball. Yes, they, they've made some good catches here and there, but they weren't very consistent at it. And this was the one time that I thought they were actually able to have it more consistent. And the interesting part about that point, Amber, is that it's not just Dak. It's the receivers. Yeah. Like Until this last game, have you seen a game this year where you had the full complement of receivers being a part of the game? and really making plays that made a difference. Terrence Williams, obviously, in what he did. Cole Beasley with two touchdowns. Dez catching some balls across the middle, which I think he's probably best at, and they don't seem to, to find him all the time in those situations. You know, I just think that it goes back to what you were saying. I don't think they've really gotten into a game this year where all those things clicked like they should have, certainly like they did last year, because I think they had several games last year where they had a complement of guys all clicking in the passing game with the running game. How about this stat I, I told you right before? Um, and, and you're right. The, the passing game has not been there. I, I don't believe Dak has a 300-yard game yet. Uh, and the first 100-yard receiving game was Terrence Williams, who would have won that bet. But but the Cowboys have tied the this team's uh, – this offense has tied the franchise record for most consecutive games of 28 points or more uh, with six. They happened in um, 2007. Pretty good offense back there with Romo, Terrell Owens, and those guys, Marion Barber. So set, they had six games of 28 points or more. This one's already there and has a chance this week to to pass that and might need might need to get there against Atlanta um, to get seven straight. So that just goes to show that this this offense and some of it's been defense and, and turnovers, but Hell, this offense mm-hmm. is turning around. And I you can't just take it away. I get that. But outside of one just abysmally horrific day in Denver for everybody involved, I mean, they've been on a roll all year. They Red zone problems against the Giants, but they put up 28 against the Cardinals, put up 30 against the Rams, 31 against the Pack. I mean, they Denver's really the only team that just completely stopped them from doing what yeah. they wanted to do. It's amazing that they did that, and now they are the team that they are. <laughs> football's weird like that it man is, like they have just completely fallen off the map after 
uh, a start like they had where the two back-to-back I mean, wins, including the big win over the Cowboys. You know, you know it all those first four or five games, um, you know, Packers was the fifth game, but when you think about it, Two of those games, they had they got to play against a team missing their best offensive player in Odell Beckham and David Johnson, and then you know, but they have to face a Denver team now that's not playing like that now. Green Bay's certainly not playing like they are now, and we know why. So it just kind of works out that way as the schedule of the NFL, right? Yep. And that's the other thing that makes you feel pretty good about where the Cowboys are at this moment. Now that can all change, but at this moment, they've been one of the healthier teams in the yeah. NFL, and so. That they have not had that major injury. That that's somebody is going to miss the, the play. Season. Somebody's going to miss the the playoffs by a game, you know. And I can't think who it would be, but 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 somebody's going to have to face Zeke and lose. And you know he was suppo- supposed to be suspended for these six, but then it's going to be these six, and it's gonna it's gonna work out probably bad for somebody. Yeah. And maybe for the Cowboys, you know. Maybe it was Kansas City. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, like I mean, Kansas City, if they, if, they might if not Zeke win their division or something. Right. If, like, if yeah. Zeke gets suspended at this point, basically you said it last week, Oakland becomes the benefactor because now he got to play against Kansas City and then he would miss the game versus Oakland. So yeah, and that, that affects their division. On that timeline as well, then he comes back just in time to play the Seahawks who right. you would imagine are scrapping for a playoff spot as well. So, right. Right. so I mean it fascinating little jigsaw puzzle. Yep. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us back tomorrow, nine thirty AM till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?